It is Sunday, November 1st, 2020, and this episode is the final episode that has been occurring during the 2020 Major League Baseball season. It was fun while it lasted. There were ups, there were downs, and mostly just downs for all you Rays fans, ups for you Dodgers fans. Everybody else is still depressed because they didn't make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, um, let's just talk about that for a second. So the World Series, there is literally not much to talk about now because when we recorded on Sunday last week, we were recording just as the game five was getting started. Um, so, yeah, that was a very interesting thing. The Dodgers ended up winning that game, and then it went to Tuesday's game, in which would have been game six. Game seven would have been on Wednesday. However, the Dodgers won it on t on Tuesday last week. So that basically put an end to the stuff that I had to cover and we all had to look at for a while because the Dodgers won the World Series. So let's talk about that because I'm pretty sure that might be a little bit of major news. I don't know if it's very big news, but it's still news nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Um a very interesting series as well. Something that uh, I know a lot of people thought was going to go to Game 7. Um, most people did have the Dodgers winning just because they were kind of overdue to, uh, to win the World Series eventually. But, I mean, you gotta, you, you got to be rooting for the Rays, you know, just like kind of a gang of misfits. Guys like, you know, even guys like Michael Barrasso who went undrafted. Guys like Manuel Margot who was, you know, a failed prospect in San Diego who the Rays have turned into this, you know, stud player. Randy Arozarena who wasn't Super highly touted as a prospect, but was, you know, lower in the top 100 prospect rankings. Just mm -hmm. in his rookie season alone, completely exploded and set a record for the most home runs hit in a postseason. And, I mean, the, it's just how the Rays work, um, in a sense. It's the fact that they have a lot of money to spend, but they spend that money on very good coaching and very good, you know, analytics department, guys behind the scenes, um, so that when they, you know, when they whether it be trade or draft or sign these you know super under the radar players their coaching staff is able to just turn these guys into into complete studs like it, it's just so cool to see mm -hmm. very true um it, again it's you gotta you gotta have to like the underdog story but eventually when it comes down to it sometimes the underdogs don't survive and this is kind of one of those scenarios that happened this year um we had a lot of records um, happening this postseason, too. But I would say you, you might want to put an asterisk next to them. Now, I've explained this in past episodes, but Gabe here doesn't know what I'm talking about, so I'm going to explain it to him. Yes, I'm throwing you under the bus, Gabe. Hope you survive. So, um, yeah, my thing is with the asterisks and all, if you go down to the very roots of it, is it's not because the Astros or anything else or trash can banging or any of the cheating skin. Now, I'm saying you put a literal asterisk next to the records in the fact that the postseason was structured differently this year. In this year's postseason, you had 16 teams, and that meant that you also – they also changed it to where there's more games per series. Like, you had three wild card games maximum. You had five of the, um, the um, division series. Then you had seven of the, of the uh, championship series. And then you could have had seven World Series. So, in effect – Basically, you could have had – basically, the reason I'm saying you put an asterisk next to all these records that were set this year is because of the fact that you had more games to do it with. 
to uh, to accomplish the record with. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I'm just saying the Rays, you know, if you look at how many home runs Randy Rosarena hit in the initial wild card series, I mean, the Rays played two games against the Blue Jays. And, you mm-hmm. know, there could be a wild card team anyway. The World Series didn't go to game seven. So it's very realistic that uh, if you look at how many games the Rays played, they played two, five, seven, 14, 20. They played 20 games in the postseason, which is the max number that you can play in a regular postseason if you're a wild card team that goes on to win it all. So I don't think that you necessarily put a big asterisk. It's also a matter of looking at the stats, which you're telling me this now, so I didn't prepare or. Um, <laughs> or look to see exactly how Randy Rosarina um, did. But I do think that's uh, something important to note. Also, Corey Seager, who uh, tied the, at the time, biggest record. Now it's the second-place record. Um, he ended up being the World Series MVP for the Dodgers, too. A uh, really good prospect, someone who everyone has always known to be such a good player. But it's just a matter of if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. And, I mean, in a 60-game season, he was able to prove that very nicely. Mm-hmm. Very true. It's again with the sixty game season and all. It's it's easier for you to, um, like if you are usually have an injury riddled season. As long as you can last sixty games, you should be able to just uh, just just uh, barely squeak on by. But um, yeah, again, injury riddled seasons. Those are something too that you have to consider. If this was a hundred sixty two game season, we'd still. I mean, even though we still be having the World Series now, you would have been all these players would have all been put through a hundred more games at least. And then on top of that, you'd have postseason too. And again, COVID has just been crazy and all, but I mean, even, even with this interesting format and new rules and all those, those I think I'm, I'm still glad we had baseball. It, it was just something to look forward to every week. Yeah, exactly. One more thing too, that I'd like to ideally mention about the world series is one of the most controversial parts uh, which was actually Kevin Cash, um, the manager uh, for the race, who's known as being such a like such a great manager. Um, I also got to love him because he was on the uh, he was the backup catcher for the uh, 07 Red Sox when they won the World Series. <laughs> but Kevin Cash, always been known as uh, as a as a really great manager, pulled Blake Snell after five and a third or five and two thirds inning. It was five and a third. Um, after uh-huh. he had a no hitter going through five and third, the first single that he let up, Kevin Cash came barreling out of the dugout to get him out of the game. Like it was like such a bad thing when Blake Snell was completely dealing. And then when Kevin Cash brought in his reliever, um, that reliever, I think it was Nick Anderson, but don't quote me on it. Um, just kind of blew the game, game open from there. It might've been John Curtis, but I'm pretty sure it's Nick Anderson. Uh, All I know is that I saw a couple of things that said that the guy he brought in had one of the worst ERAs in the bullpen. So yeah, um, I, it might have been John uh, Curtis then. Could have been Peter Fair. I oh, might have been John Curtis. He blew it a lot in the postseason for the Rays. But um, that's not. I don't worry. Part. I don't worry about names anymore. I'm still focused on the offseason podcasting right now, dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I was just gonna mention though. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking about. We're talking about something that occurred seven, almost seven whole days ago, folks. So I'm, no, I'm just open. mentioning, I'm just mentioning, I feel like this is going to give Kevin Cash a really bad rep that he doesn't deserve. If you look at, think, if you look at a guy like Clayton Kershaw, we were even mentioning earlier, uh, where he was no, he, if you look at his stats, he's a top 10, you can even make an argument for top five pitcher in the history of baseball. And the fact hmm. was um, that nobody respected him enough next to these guys like Bob Gibson, guys like Pedro Martinez, simply because he wasn't good in the postseason. 
And Kevin Cash is such an amazing manager. I would say the best manager in baseball, super underrated. But I feel like these blunders, if he's making small blunders like this in the postseason, um, it could cause he's going to get a bad rap in that. Yeah. In that same category, like, oh, he's not one of those elite managers um, because he hasn't been able to prove himself with the team in the postseason. I, I can agree with that because there's the, you always got that one person who likes to focus on the one flaw that, that someone makes and then they, they just, they just go all out on it and they don't, they don't care. I mean, my thing is if you're going to criticize someone, you have to at least be able to do good yourself. Yeah. So if you can't, so like this, this, this only goes for certain situations, especially baseball and, and like sports and stuff. If you want to criticize someone for how they, they managed or whatever, you tell me that if you take his job, you tell me that you do better. I don't think so. So, I mean, I don't know. But that's just kind of one of my opinions that I'm just throwing out there. Um, I don't know if it's to fill up time or whatnot. But <laughs> I mean, Speaking, so... though, while we're on the topic of uh, managers, uh, these elite managers in baseball history. Um, Let's say that. I think we should say that for the second half, okay. though, because we're running up here on 10 minutes. So right. we're going to end it here. Cut to a quick ad break if there's one. And then we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Uh, okay, what is with you, Gabe, and <laughs> your little names? Don't bring back Alex Cora. Okay, earlier it was Gabe Shumway in the flesh or something no, like that. No, Gabe LaRusso in flesh. In flesh. And now it's... Managers. What? Okay, what is it with you in this stuff? <laughs> What's next? Okay, well, <laughs> you cut me off on my nice segue before, so I gotta I gotta use this as a segue into talking <laughs> about the managerial hirings, which are usually the first um, big hirings of the off season. But we do have two teams who have already made um, new managerial hirings: the Tigers, who of course we talked about in a previous episode. Uh, Ron Garden hired retired in the middle of the year, and Lloyd McClinton took over, and now the Tigers have actually just hired. A.J. Hinch, the former Astros manager in 2017, uh, 2018, and 2019, as their new um, as their new manager. So well, it's interesting. You, know, you do know this. When he goes to pack up his, his luggage, he's not going to use a suitcase. He's going to go, go stuff it in a trash can and just roll that through the airport. To be fair, I did watch this entire special <laughs> on MLB Network where um, A.J. Hinch sat down with Tom Verducci. And it was actually Alex Cora, who was the instigator of the whole trash can scheme. It was him and some guys in the front office. And um, Mm. the whole thing is that AJ Hinch was suspended for a year, not because he was the one who came up with the idea or encouraged the idea. He actually (laughs) discouraged the idea of using trash cans every single day of the season. But he never physically did anything to stop players. He basically just said, I don't approve of your decision. But, so then um, he, then he'd be put. He so then he'd be putting his luggage into a trash can, and on the trash can there's a sticker that says, "It's not my fault." So, <laughs> and on the back of the trash can has an asterisk. But you know, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh God! But even that, even how many years later, people still get a kick out of this thing? Huh? Three years later, has it been, or what was? No, well, I mean, no, it was about a year after the actual news came out about it. But you know. Yeah. Good luck to AJ Hinch. I think he'll do a great job. I think he's a quality manager. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. also, I know you are a Cardinals fan, so I don't know how you're going to feel about hearing this, but the White Sox have hired Tony LaRusa. 
to be their new manager. Yeah. I th- I could have sworn he retired from managing baseball. Yes, he was he going up. to be on the Hall of Fame ballot as a as a manager. And then the White Sox, who had to manage the oh, team. Oh, uh, you used a key word there. You said was. Why did you say was going to be? Well, I think he was going to be next year. I believe he was scheduled to be on the okay. Hall of Fame ballot for, for as a manager. Well, now that he's back into the scheme of things, he's not going to be. Well, we'll figure that out. That's something that they're still okay. figuring out for right now. But get this, I've heard... get this right? Yeah. The White Sox hired Tony La Russa, who last managed their team from... 1976 to 1986 this is when you gotta this is when you gotta sit down on your couch get your old cup of coffee put on the news and you think to yourself has my life now come full circle i know right like these these white Sox fans that were uh that were big fans in the 70s and 80s i can't imagine yeah what their thought process is right now it's it's like my it's like my pre-calc teacher realizing that she taught my dad and then now she taught me last year. Okay. And she's like, Oh crap, did my life come just come full circle? So Well, my pre-calc teacher is like six foot seven, so you go on. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a big dude. <laughs> but yeah, um, going into so he's he's not worried about life going full circle on him he just punch it in the face <laughs> no i was gonna mention too uh other managerial okay. hirings as you mentioned uh from my name in this call currently the red Sox uh have been in talks with alex cora they've talked to him over the phone multiple times this week uh according to a report by alex spear from the boston globe and they're planning to do a full sit-down interview with him um later this week at the red Sox, as well as some other teams have also um, some leading candidates just for other managerial roles. Um, Don Kelly, who's currently the Tigers bench coach. Uh, Will Venable, who's the third base coach for the Cubs. I have to assume Mark Kotze is going to get some interviews, who works with the Oakland A's. And actually a guy that you might remember uh, has been getting some interviews, and that's Skip Schumacher. Oh, yeah, I do remember him. Yeah, I remember him sort of. uh, from back in sort the early 2010s. I remember I used to play like those old like MLB 2K games when those were a thing and skip. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's right. I have that. I had that on DS too. I just remember he had a really funky, very just low down batting stance. Yeah. I remember that. It was kind of interesting, but it was a cheesy technology back then too. Still is, but you got to appreciate it. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but that's a, uh, information that I have on managerial hirings for the moment. Um, I believe the next thing we're going into is uh, award season, right? Mm-hmm. So there was also a um, ballot that came out that you can vote for on MLB.com uh, about the all MLB team, which is essentially just position by position voting for who you think was the best. But the main thing we are concerned about is, of course, those BBWAA awards, which are, you know, Cy Young, MVP so you know you want to discuss those. Just who are your, some of your uh, leading candidates? If you're a, if you're a betting man, who are you putting some money on to win? Hmm. If I'm a betting man, which I'm not. Um, I mean, last time I tried, I didn't. I don't remember last time I tried betting, but my bracket got wasted this year. So yeah, don't count on me for your your um, little cash bets and whatnot. But uh, I don't know, Cy Young. 
I'm going to go with someone who I don't I don't know of all like the statistics of all peoples and stuff like that this year, but someone I think who might be in the talk just say, because right, please don't say Adam Wainwright. <laughs> Adam Wainwright, yes, no, I wasn't going to say that, but now that you've got my biased opinion in there, <laughs> yes, Adam Wainwright. I was not even going to say his name, but no, no, someone in the conversation for Cy Young, I think will just be the fact that because he didn't choke this year, Clayton Kershaw. I think he'll be in the in the talk. I don't know if he'll actually win it or not. I think Walker Beeler will also be in there. But I think Kershaw will actually be in the talk this year. I mean, he's still a phenomenal pitcher. I think just because of the fact he didn't choke this year, I think that will start putting his name in the chat a little bit more, I think. Um, I don't know how far his name will get you, but I think he's probably going to be some of the talk. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, I think Kershaw, he started off his career so nicely, but he's been very underrated the past few years. Like, he was an all-star last year. He's had ERAs Mm -hmm. in, like, the 2.5 to 3 range over the past few years. And this year he actually had, I believe, a 2.1 that he posted. Um, But still, NL Cy Young. That's still phenomenal. NL Cy Young is probably going to be between um, a guy like Kershaw as well as the two front runners, I believe, at the moment. Um, Trevor Bauer is definitely the favorite to win. And then there's also Yu Darvish who's in the conversation, the guy yep. with 11 pitches. Uh, which is oh, cool God. To see. Um, which half of the pitches, I don't understand how he throws, which, because the beginning of the season, sorry if I go on a rant about this, but he said he throws a split finger with a two-seam grip. Now, just so you know, I can throw a split-fingered fastball. You cannot throw a split-fingered fastball with a two-seam grip. It is physically not possible. <laughs> so I think he's just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> I think he's just making this stuff up, I swear. Yeah, it's definitely... I don't know. Maybe he's put a little extra spin or a different wrist angle or whatnot. But that no, 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 no. That's not possible. Yeah, some of his pitches were insane though. I know he has a pitch. Um, he has a two-seam fastball that rides from the inside corner of the strike zone all the way to the outside corner, which is pretty insane. Two-seam. Huh? Yeah, it has like twenty-something inches of horizontal movement. It's, it's insane. I thought t- I thought the two-seam goes into a right-handed batter if it's a right-handed pitcher though. I thought that's what two seam did. I, I mean, I'm not thinking of handedness necessarily. I'm just saying it has horizontal movement. And okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but go the yeah. AL Cy Young. Okay. Uh, honestly, if I were one to to bet on it, I'd be putting my life savings on Shane Bieber winning the AL Cy Young. Like Shane Bieber's just very, very easily going to run away with it. I think. Um, not Justin mm-hmm. Shane. Uh, he's just been by far the best pitcher. Honestly, I think he's going to win the MVP as well. It's going to be between him and Jose Ramirez, most likely. Um, but I think MVP. I think there's no reason why Shane Bieber shouldn't win okay. every award in the books this year. By far, <laughs> in my opinion, he is by far the best player in baseball throughout this entire um, 60 game sprint. Shane Bieber does put up a, a couple of impressive numbers. I know he's he's consistently been doing that this year or um, throughout his career. Short while it is, he's still been putting up some phenomenal numbers. Easily his team's next ace. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the Indians' pitching development is just so good. But moving on to the NL, uh, we already men or sorry, yeah, moving on to the NL MVP conversation. Um, it's been pretty interesting. I mean, you have a lot of guys. I don't think it's really you know a two horse race or an X amount of horse race, but there's a lot of people, a lot right. of different people in the conversation from a variety of teams too this year. It's just 
I don't think any of them is going to be from the Cardinals though, because we suffered. This yeah, year, I mean, but... <laughs> I think Freeman is definitely the uh, is definitely the Freeman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's if he doesn't win it, he's going to be in it to the literal last second. Yeah, I and mean... then his name will just drop out for whatever reason because that one person will find that one flaw, and then they'll just go ballistic. So I mean, yeah, a few easily. I'd say Freeman. A few other guys in the conversation too, Tatis. Who started off the season really uh-huh. hot but cooled off late. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of guys yeah. like Braves and Padres who could be in it. Guys like Machado, Will Myers, um, Travis Darno, Marcelo Zuna, Ronald Acuna. Mm-hmm. Um, Juan Soto is another one that I like. He wasn't there for very long, though. He wasn't there for yeah, very long. Juan Soto put up Juan insane Soto. numbers in the time that he was there. Right, um, right, another right. honorable mention that I'd at least like to throw in there is Mikey Stremski. Uh just because, you know, whenever I'm watching those NL games, I'm always rooting for the Giants. Uh, you love to see hmm. what Mikey Stremski's done this year, going from a 29-year-old AAA guy to, you know, potentially an MVP candidate. So, I mean, just just going to throw that one in there. But, yeah, those are the, uh, those are the main award predictions that I have. Mm-hmm. All right. With that said, I don't have anything else to say because I think Gabe – AKA don't bring back Alex Cora for today. Oh yes, also, don't bring back um, Alex Cora. This half. He's bad. I don't like him. Please <laughs> stop. He's such an overrated. Bad apple. <laughs> With that being said, I think it's time to, to conclude matters here in the 2020 Major League Baseball season. The next time we will see you guys, we will be in the off-season editions of the podcast in which we still have no idea how that's going to look like. We do know that it's going to still be baseball related. Um, we've got four months about to keep it up. If we have, if, if baseball occurs next year as normal around late February. So we have four months of off season in which we still have basically no idea how we're going to pull through, but I can tell you, we're not going to be shoving ourselves in a trash can of depression. Um, we'll figure it out. We do have an idea of what's going to happen sometime this offseason. We're probably going to be doing a couple movie reviews on uh, baseballs, including um, one of my personal favorites, um, of which I will not mention because I don't want to give away the hype or whatever you want to call it. It's a very underrated movie, in my opinion. But anyway, we'll talk about that in another episode. Please let me we do have in the, in the... No, I'm not, I'm not going to give out any hints. No hints. Um... But I think that that episode's already in the works. Um, but another thing we're going to be planning on doing, folks, is we're going to be um, hoping and planning on doing a couple of baseball debates. We're going to be hoping on doing one every month. Um, the rules have been created already. I'm not going to say where I'm posting them to because that's a sponsorship opportunity, and I'm not getting paid to do it. So you'll just have to wait until I get our website put up which I'm still actually working on. Um, we're going to, I'm actually making a website for the podcast, especially since we're going to football next year. So sometime between here and next year, you'll have a website to go to where you can find all of our podcasts, all of the rules for the debates, find a little bit more about me and Gabe, which I'll find some information about you somehow, some way, and just post it on there for no reason. Um, yes, invading people's space. Just kidding. I will rip it from <laughs> Don't you dare use my lines against me. <laughs> oh, boy. No, okay. Anyway, but 
anyway, we'll get that. I'll get that finished soon. Um, again, I have a year to do it. But again, we're heading into the off season 2020 slash 2021. I still have no clue what we're going to be doing, except for we're going to be talking one episode about a couple movies. We're going to do a couple episodes on baseball debates in which we'll bring up some controversial stuff, but we'll have two people go at it, whether they act like idiots or not on the show. I hope not, but we'll see when it gets here. Um, one topic I know we're going to talk about, which I don't want you to start talking about it now, Gabe, but one topic we're probably going to be talking about in this first debate is Justin Turner and him getting COVID-19. Oh, so don't give me your opinion. Don't, don't, that, 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 that. don't give me your opinions on that because that's what the debate is for. So until the off season, which is still one week away, we're not taking any breaks, peoples. We're going right back at it next week, Sunday in the first episode of out in left field. I just lost the words. Off-season, off-season edition. Okay, I lost my words. It's still early in the morning. I'm still waiting for the caffeine to kick in. So, yeah, unless you have anything to say, I'm going to end this recording. Uh, no, I think I'm good. Have a nice day, everyone. All right. All right, and as Gabe said himself, bring back Alex Cora. Please, no. <laughs>